What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Ring the Bell podcast presented by SeatGeek. Head over to SeatGeek.com right now. Use our code on the bump for $20 off your very first ticket purchase. And boy, we have some things to talk about today. Uh, we got the, a full roster here tonight. Jason Kent, Dean Holzapple is here. Uh, guys, how we doing? I'm doing great. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah, good. good to be back after yeah, like sure. what? Like three months? Almost, almost six months, <laughs> six weeks off. <laughs> vacation and yeah. The Super Bowl and migraines. Yeah. I think those allergies are starting to get me now, Dean. Thank the no. comment. No, I, mine was mine was because I was in a I was in a loud ass warehouse. And now that I'm not, I haven't had them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we get into our main topic tonight, which is the top five free agent Phillies busts since 2000, uh, we'll be getting to that in just a few moments. I kind of want to talk to you guys about the hottest topic in baseball right now, which is our first look at all of these rule changes that are going on in spring training right now. And it is causing mayhem uh, all around the social media world. And even within baseball, uh, even some like minor league players are talking about it. Uh, Jason, I'll start with you because I know you wanted to touch on this a little bit. Um, Man, it's, it's making its rounds. I mean, we thought, we thought it was going to cause some issues, but um, we're, (laughs) in day two of spring training games <laughs> and it's already the number Caused one all the issues <laughs> it's, it's literally the most talked about thing um in like pro sports right now mm-hmm. um jason y- your thoughts on, on what we've been seeing so far it's different it's so much different because mm-hmm. you see see the guys having to come in and it, it's just it's very rapid you don't see like i saw a video on on twitter is like if Bryce Harper was batting the home, that home run he hit against San Diego, if it was uh-huh. in 2023, he's out. Yeah. And then you saw the game end uh, with that, with the call third strike. So, mm-hmm. but, but hearing I've um, like you said on, on Twitter, there was a, a minor league player that's touched on it. And a few mm-hmm. of the article said, this is something that when they first introduced in the minor leagues, that mm-hmm. first week of spring training, the numbers match up as to how many, of those called strikes and, and balls were actually done in the, in their, in their, when they first rolled it out. And then after right. about three to four weeks, it started, it really tapered off because players got used to it. Um, and I think with anything change is different. Like sure. somebody, somebody had to post, like there was a thing against not wanting to have the shot clock in the NBA back in the day when they just had no shot clock. It was yeah, a lot you just uproar. sit there with the ball the whole yeah, time. Like five minutes, you can hold the ball yeah. and not shoot. So I think with anything, change is going to be different and it's going mm-hmm. to take a little time to get used to. I, I do agree where if you're doing this just for the casual fan that doesn't want to sit down for three hours of baseball, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a dumb idea. But I do I do like that. It will speed up the games. What was it? Two hours and 17 minutes and two hours mm-hmm. and two and a half hours. So it's definitely speeding up the game, which is good. Um, I agree. So I will I will say um, before I get to, to Dean uh, and then I, I want to quote uh what uh, a red sox minor league player was talking about on twitter and i want to get to that um it, it's it's crazy because you're starting to see a couple baseball insiders or even you know baseball pundits uh coming out and saying that it's almost pretty clear and i don't know why we didn't kind of think about this earlier um maybe we've talked about it but i just don't recall that these rule changes seem to be basically to say f you to the diehards you're going to stay with us anyway let's make some rule changes for strictly casuals 
Like, I feel like these rule changes are just appealing to a casual fan. Like how professional wrestling has given up trying to get get in the casual fan. They're strictly yeah. booking their business on the diehards because that's guaranteed audience. Where Major League Baseball is saying, let's make some rule changes. Let's get see if we can get some casuals to watch these baseball games. Yet, most likely a casual is going to look at these these games and then within 15 minutes go watch something on on Peacock or Netflix anyway and not really care. So in my in my opinion, I feel like these rule changes, although I they don't really bother me too much. Then again, you know, seeing what happened at the end of that Braves game yesterday, how that could happen to the Phillies in a major way. You know, people are already yeah. making like Dean sent that to us earlier. <laughs> that whole thing about like Bryce Harper's <laughs> home run never would have happened in in today's baseball. Um, so I feel like, man, these rule changes were built for casuals, yet I don't think they're going to get enough casuals. Like, so what do you think about that? I agree with you, honestly. I don't think baseball is a sport that's really going to grow much more than it really is. Um, what's going to help grow the sport is competitiveness. Yeah. Um, that's really what it is. When your team is losing 100 games a year, nobody's mm-hmm. going to go to the stadium. You're right. You know, when you are the Oakland Athletics and you have a complete management structure that is not um, committed to really spending any money to win, nobody's going to go to the park and cities right. aren't going to renew your stadium deals and you're going to be in limbo of what's happening. That's that's what's killing baseball. It's stuff like that. It's not. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. As somebody who goes to a lot of games, mm-hmm. I hate long games, especially like. If I got to do something in the morning, you know, it's just like, man, I do not want to be at the stadium until like, you know, 11 o'clock at night, yeah, 12 o'clock at night. Because some pitchers are just take forever, like, you know, not to take a shot in, but sometimes Aaron Nola is a really slow pitcher sometimes. Absolutely. And I love that he said I, not not, to take a shot at him. No, 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 shots but, at him. But like, <laughs> like, I mean, since we started the podcast, he he's not like, like, <laughs> like Zach Wheeler goes out there and he just pitches. Yeah. Um, sometimes Nola does too, but there, yeah. there have been games I've been to where Nola is like taking his sweet ass time to, yeah. to throw a pitch. I'm like, dude. Yeah, like it's eight thirty and it's the second inning. Like, <laughs> like, come on, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, I do agree with Jay though. There, there is change that is inevitable. Um, I mean, the first thing that came to my mind when a lot of this stuff was being talked about was, um, up until I don't remember the year it happened, but I remember up until like the early-ish nineties, um, in professional soccer, if you kicked the ball back to the goalie, he was allowed to pick it up, and all mm. it was used was basically for was the time waste. Um, and believe me, there was a lot of time wasting <laughs> so when they made the change that he couldn't pick it up anymore. He had to use his feet. If you, it was a direct pass back to him from his own player. I see. Um, it kind of sped the game up a little bit. You know what I mean? I mean, well, it gave it more of an even playing field because that's a running clock in, in soccer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's 90 minutes. The clock don't stop, but you know, you could literally just, there's like that, um, in the Simpsons when they were talking about the world cup that one time and they were just passing the ball back and forth to each other for the whole game. <laughs> That's pretty much what it was. Like you took a lead and you're just like, Oh, we'll just pass it back to the goalkeeper. He'll pick it up, kick it back mm-hmm. out. We'll pass it back to him. So there needs to be something that mitigates long ass games for baseball. But um, there's a part of me. That's a little bit of a traditionalist in me. Like I don't want to oh, lose absolutely. The, heart of, the heart of the game either. You know what I mean? I like some changes. The DH in both leagues, I think is perfect. Yeah, um, I agree. But I'm 100% against like a realignment, especially the one they offered a while back. I was like, that's stupid. Yeah, I think realignment <laughs> will be 
I think realignment's probably coming in the next couple of years. Absolutely. Especially um, if you had teams. Especially if, absolutely. And then uh, and then Dean, I agree with you. A just big, keep just keep the I mean, you don't have to realign it that much. I don't want to be in a division with the Red Sox and the, the damn Yankees. You know yeah. what I mean? Keep keep that stuff the same. I'm sure you can plug them plug some new teams in somewhere, but yeah. like, you know, but just don't get rid of the National League and the American League. I don't want to be in the Eastern Conference of Major League Baseball. Like yeah. not and everything I, has to be based off the NFL. And I, and I agree with you in terms of what baseball fans really want is parity. And, you know, you don't, you know, it, it's really hard when you have big city teams like pirates that are awful every single year uh, teams like that. Um, and yes, it's an owner issue and it's only going to get worse. I mean, sure. o- I mean, Cohen showed that this off season where he said, look, if you don't want me to sign all these players, then just outbid me and just get them yourself. That's got every- a point. Every you know? every owner has the same access to every player that Steve Cohen has. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I think parity is a big deal, but I do think that Major League Baseball is just hooked on making these changes. I think the the bigger base is is irrelevant. Um, I think dumb, that, though. I saw. I don't want to say like, irrelevant. Is that, I mean, is that really, like we're rat in baseball right now? They talked about the the trying to, yeah, they're trying to promote stolen bases. They say they said in the minors it, it yeah, really helped too, the amount of. That. Yeah, they said mm-hmm. the stolen base was up. Um, uh, the attempts and steals were, were up in the minor leagues once they introduced it down there. Yeah, I mean, that's that's great. I mean, look, Trey Turner already had a stolen base immediately today. You know, that stud Turner After had two hits in an RBI today. By Schwarber. Um, I can't wait hey, for uh, Jason Kent's first professional at bat that's coming soon with the Phillies to see what he does. I won't be 0 for 3 with 3 strikeouts like Kyle did today, okay? I'll tell you'll you be that. 0 for 0 because you'll never get in the box. <laughs> <laughs> Not if it's Randy out there. I'll Sitting there with your knees quivering, uh, <laughs> piddling yourself. Um, I will say, you know, today, Max Scherzer struck out a dude in 27 seconds. So Major League Baseball <laughs> was loving that. I'm I just sure. want to, how will they, like, the, my biggest question, and I, I guess it's to be determined, if a situation like, like the Boston game arises in the regular season, mm-hmm. especially come September, where a lot of the teams are jockeying for playoffs, Mm. Is that call going to be made? And and everything yeah. they said, yes, because it has to be. Yeah. It's you a have rule to now. obey the rules. And and, and the umps are going to get, the get blamed for it. And that's think about sucks. the World Series, man. Like, could you imagine if the World Series ends on a call like that? I know it's and like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But next, next minute, they're going to be uh, they're going to be uh, you'll be allowed to take a timeout with one second left to, to, <laughs> to prevent a delay a game. But th- that's my biggest. Like, I want to see how that plays out because they said the umpires. Um, they're even pushing this year to umpires to be more strict on um, the, the sticky substance issue with with pitchers. So and and apparently, like from what I've heard, the MLB yeah, is really pushing them to be super the problem. It's <laughs> it to be super hard on on these pitchers and or on the batters and pitchers for to really obey the clock. So it speeds it up. So yeah. I really mm-hmm. and I like you said, it's something where they need there should they should be calling it. But are in the heat of that game, if it's. You know, if it's a very pivotal game in the series late in the season, are they going to give a little extra leeway? Which I hope they don't, because I hate you know, especially in the NBA, you're like, mm. oh, at the end of the game, don't call a foul, or like it, in the Super Bowl, you saw it. at the end of the game, you can't yeah. call that. You right. have to call it by like, letter of law. That was holding. You, so. you got to call I mean, it. So I hope I hope baseball, as much as I don't, <clears throat> as much as I I really don't like a lot of these rule changes. If they're going to do it, I do do it. They have to. Yeah, you got to stick with it. You got to go through one hundred percent. And then if it doesn't work, then you change it up next year. You just hope that, and Dean's right, man. You just hope that we don't get to a World Series where what happened in that Braves game yesterday in the bottom of the what bottom of the ninth, bases yeah. loaded, no outs. 
Yeah. A two outs, bases loaded, two outs. Yeah, it ended he, the game. It ends the game. Can full you count. imagine? You dream like, of that. Bases loaded, full count. Even in spring training, I want to yeah. be there. Yeah, it's it's just really wild. So Ryan Ryan Fitzgerald, who is in the Red Sox organization, he uh he played in AAA last year. Uh, he tweeted today. He said, "We played with the pitch clock in AAA for the 2022 season. I never felt rushed, and I saw less than 10 violations in 150 games. After playing in today's game that ended in a tie, I've never felt more rushed to get in the box. The clock this year is not the same as last year." And he said, "For the record, I like the pitch clock." However, the one that they're using in Major League Baseball t- feels faster. Um, so it's kind of um, so he said, and there was somebody qu- uh, asked him, what's the difference? Just more strict enforcement or is it just a different just different rule? Um, he said, honestly, not sure. My guess is that it has something to do with the person running the clock. They're quick starting it before the pitcher actually has the ball. Um so mm. that's that's crazy. And the one guy said, you know, he watched it closely, which I'm sure you didn't. Uh, and that just did <laughs> not happen. And he said last year with runners on base, I would wait until the clock hit nine to get in the box. If I got in too early, then the pitcher would sit and hold and I didn't want to waste my time out. So you get a timeout um, mm. for whatever reason. When I looked at the clock, it was at 10 uh, well before I was normally ready. So maybe that's maybe that's why they're just doing this right now is to get this figured out because yeah. more players, if it starts going South, you're going to see more players going on social media to say, uh-huh. this is just not working. Um, pitchers are going to love it. This helps aren't we, pitchers. aren't we a couple years away from another CBA? Anyway? Absolutely. Yeah. We're definitely yeah. a couple like, years away. There was the lockout just recently, but that was only like a temporary thing. Was it not? Right. Wasn't that yep. like just yeah. to kind of push, they, push it off. Push like it back a week. Like yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. that part, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was, it wasn't like a part. Whatever they were trying to negotiate and all that stuff, it was just to get the season. Well, it was during the COVID season, but they it just they happened to align together pretty much. Mm-hmm. Wasn't not Chris? No, no, it was last. No, it was year. last year. It was last year they pushed it back one. Yeah, so got pushed back one week. But yes. then it um, but that was only te- like a. It was like a like, like a. Like when they not to get political, but like when they like they talk about like the debt ceiling and stuff like that, they always come up to agreement. So like certain jobs don't get affected by it. Right. It was like they came to an agreement so the season could actually start and then they'll revisit it like two years yeah. later. So. The next CBA I'm, is in 2026. Oh, it's that far away. OK. Yeah. I, I mean, it's still kind of around the corner, though. It's only three years away. Yeah. I can imagine if this is or listen, baseball's gone on strike before. So, I mean, if this gets out of control. It could happen again. Absolutely. 94. 94. I mean, it's been a while, but it's 94, you know. Right. Um, so, yeah, it looks like 2026 will be the next time. But uh, like you said, something could happen between now and then where the players are like, yeah, <laughs> let's let's talk about some things. This don't work for me, brother. <laughs> this don't work for me, brother. Um, but overall, before we get to our main topic, man, Philly's put on a great showing today. Nick Casalanos with a with a bomb ski. Um, but most importantly, people talk about is Trey Turner, man. Two hits, an RBI, a stolen base, um, batting leadoff, which looks Hello. like he's pretty damn comfortable there already. Thank God. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not gonna, we're not going to talk really much about spring training games because they're really kind of irrelevant. Also, thank God, because I do not. I don't I don't watch really any preseason sports at all. No, um, no, 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 I, no, I, no. I feel like I'll like follow like if injuries and stuff like that, but like. 
I am. I cannot watch preseason, man. It's just it's such a bore to me on any tune sport. In, tune in on Wednesday, though. I think what's Wednesday's painters pitching, isn't it? Isn't it? I think that's the day's scheduled to start. Oh, Let's go I'll two be, innings. I know I'll be checking that out, but yeah, it's give tough. Up, give up a home run. <laughs> Settle down. Um, and before we <laughs> finally, real quick, we got to talk about it. Manny Machado got paid again. Um, so basically, he was he signed a new deal with the San Diego Padres today. What was it? Eleven years, three hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah. Um, so all in all, the Padres, great play by him though. It is a great play. It is all in all. It, it is yeah. All in all, the contract ends up being a 15-year, $470 million deal with the Padres, which is two years longer than Harper's and about $6 million more per season. Um, so this Bryce Harper deal, man, looks it's fantastic. Like, it just looks like a steal. Better and better and better. <laughs> you know what um, deal even looks even better now, though? St. Wow. Louis, what they what they had uh, Arenado walk into after yes. last year. Yeah, yeah right. If he would have tested the market after what Manny just got, yep. Oh my god, because he's the best. Ooh. You know, he's the best third baseman in the league. I couldn't imagine what he'd get, but yeah. Yep. So he um. So the, to quote Jeff Passan, uh, his market during free agency was grim until the Padres stepped in. He he made 150 million dollars from that deal, and we'll get another. 350 million a genuine half a billion dollar player and that 350 number is trout and bets is a bet as a trout and bet sized which becomes the fourth biggest deal of all time um absolutely wild so he also said with uh machado and rafael dever uh, rafael devers locked up uh, the 2023-2004 free agent class for hitters is extremely thin which definitely helps shohei otani who's gonna make the most money it's ever gonna get all the money from the Dodgers, all of it. Yes. Um, the pitching, this is the pitching free agency as of right now for next year. Otani, Nola, Urias, Scherzer, Kershaw, Blake Snell, um, Louis Severino. Um, so you're looking at a lot of money. Scherzer's got a uh, oh no, he was on the Mets last year too. That's right, he was a two year yeah. Yeah, they so, just signed Verlander. That's what it was, right? Right? And I don't so, think, I don't think Nola's gonna be, a, I, I mean. I knocked the guy, but I absolutely think the Phillies are going to get that deal done well I, before. I agree. I think they're the going to get it done season. before opening day. I, I just feel like it's going to get done. And they're smart to do it because it's you're going to pay less. You're going to pay less if you lock them up now. Yeah, um, We may see a, a Mets uh, a Mets team with the payroll of a billion dollars next year with the oh way Cohen pays players. <laughs> you're not wrong, man. But they have a lot of money coming off the books after this season. Um, yeah. And then they'll just be like, hey, we'll give uh, that plus $600 million to Otani. Um, it's going to be crazy. I can't wait. That sweepstakes is going to be fun. Um, all right. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the top five worst free agent signing since 2000 for the Philadelphia Phillies. And man, there are some names on here that get me so angry. Um, especially one and I'm going to, I can't wait to talk about it. So, Oh, I I'm pretty sure you and me, have, you and me have the same number one. Oh yeah. That pile of trash. Uh, <laughs> this, this is the ring the bell podcast. I'm Christy Francesca. That's Dean holes Apple. And that's Jason Kent. We'll be right back in just a few moments. All right, y'all let's see. This show is sponsored in the beginning by SeatGeek. However, we are brought to you each and every week by our leaders at the top. And that's Manscaped. And they now sell beard products. That is correct. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedge 
uh, Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shade, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using our code BASEBALL20 for 20% off and free shipping worldwide because it is time to tame your mane, gentlemen. No one likes a weird beard, so say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped's Pro Beard Kit. It all starts with the Beard Hedger. This thing is an absolute juggernaut of fixing faces. First off, this cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths all with one guard, so no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. That is correct. Face grooming does not need to be difficult, so get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard. Plus, it's waterproof, so you can shave in the shower. If you don't have a lot of time, you want to get things done, boom, boom, boom. By the way, if you can shave in the shower and without a mirror, and make that thing still look good. God bless you on that one. Um, the titanium-coated T-blade is tough on hair, but smooth on face, leading to a single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. The Pro Kit doesn't end there, though. They have created four dermatologist-tested formulations for your post-trim care. First, there is a beard shampoo and conditioner. You need to remember, guys, that all of your hair is different. Your beard hair is more coarse and easier to damage than the hair on your head. That's why the kit has made shampoo and conditioner specifically designed to moisturize, reduce ingrown hairs, replace natural oils, and promote beard health. Next, the kit has Manscaped's beard oil, an essential piece for your main facial accessory. No one wants a guy whose beard is brittle and dry. The oil relieves dryness both on the beard and the skin beneath while adding a little shimmer and shine, making you look extra fine. Cap off the kit with the beard balm, a pomade that shapes, styles, moisturizes, and tames for a sculpted look to attract any fellows or dames. Uh, the Pro Beard Kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. So here we go. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code BASEBALL20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping worldwide at manscaped.com using the code baseball 20 manscaped beard hedger one stroke one guard 20 lengths welcome back ring the bell i'm chrissy francesco let's get into the main topic of our show here tonight top five worst free agent busts basically uh in philly's history since 2000 there's we all know how baseball works there's teams that sign 10 free agents a year so it's we want to pick the five over the last, you know, 20 something years. Um, we're going to start five through one. Um, I don't have any, I have maybe one honorable mention, but he's really irrelevant. It was just basically what he was paid and what the expectations were, but it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, but we'll get into that later. Um, Jason, I want to start with you. Who is your number five worst free agent Phillies bust? So my number five, and, and it's not so much what they paid him, Mm-hmm. It, it's Wes Helms. And when you, I was looking at I it remember and it's like, I forgot how bad he was. Like, cause I remember going to Philly's games. Like I remember how fat his face was terrible story, but I, like we were sitting there where we sit. It's funny because you know, we somehow we started a Wes Helms is a vagina chant. Oh, God. and this, this girl goes up to the railing and she's oh, in, no. in all white mustard stains all over her. typical Philadelphia drunk fan. And she's ch- screaming top of her lungs, dude. I was crying. Wow. Uh, but this, this is a guy that was signed to be our everyday third baseman. He, in the two years prior, he batted his average 298 mm-hmm. and 329. And when he played 112 games with us, 
his batting average, batting average that year was 426. His on-base percentage wasn't even as good as batting average the, the two years prior. Mm-hmm. So when you look at it, it's like money deal, like they don't have a lot of mm-hmm. big money kind of blow-ups from free agency outside of probably everybody's number one. Mm-hmm. Um, but just for what they brought him in and what he provided to us, he he really provided nothing. He was a guy, and it was it was in 2007 where they're and up they're you know they're at that you know their their boys are up, the Coles mm-hmm. up, Howard's up, so they're they're ready to be peaked, and everybody sees what's coming. And you bring him in to be the guy on on such a team that has so many young players coming up and ready to 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 hit that next level. And he didn't mm-hmm. do anything for this team. No, he was terrible. No, he was. By just the way, brutal. we were ch- those chancer when he was with a Marlin. We we made fun of him as a Marlin, not not as a Philly. Just because no, I, I know I bash I bash Wilbur a lot, so everybody might think I hate our team. He was already a Marlin at that point, guys. You do. <laughs> I mean, he he came off of a year where he played 140 games with the Marlins, where he hit three three twenty nine. Yeah, it, it's insane, and like, almost and a four hundred on base, and he plays 112 games with the Finleys, and it was, it was terrible. So bad. <laughs> just so bad like um, they went they were going through and i was when i was reading some of these articles like it really is after Roland left yeah they they had so many so many guys that that came through that they tried to plug in at third base and just failed miserably yeah, yeah. david bell legend yeah but it's good because pedro Feliz got to be a stud at third base in 08 and help us out yeah i mean but he's still you know he, he was clutch and a great defender that's all i need for my third baseman yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, what did Phillies do as a Philly? He played two years. He hit 250 and 266. So not bad, man. Um, not too bad at all. Um, all right, Dean, you're number five. Uh, it's actually um, David Bell. Um, <laughs> with, with the caveat that David Bell actually did have a really good second season with the Phillies. Mm-hmm. But it was pancake. Well, he was here for three and a half years. Mm-hmm. Uh, his first year here, we all know how bad that was. And I mean, <laughs> I mean, offensively, because David Bell was a really good defensive third baseman. Yeah. Um, and but that first year here was bad. It and was. then he had a pretty good second year. I think he hit like 290 or something 291, like that. man. Yeah. Yeah. And he had like a pretty solid year that second year. But then he dropped back down. I know that. And then they traded him the following year and he wasn't really having a great year either. Mm-hmm. Um. But he was supposed to be like one of those big puzzle pieces like with Tommy and that scumbag Kevin Millwood, um, (laughs) you know, to like get us to the World Series. And then, of course, Mm -hmm. that was the season that the Marlins fluked away into the playoffs and won a World Series. Mm -hmm. So um, it clearly obviously didn't pan out. And then David Bell had the audacity to change his number to 25 after they traded Jim Tomey away. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) The balls on him. Right. But I did I, like David Bell as a player. He just didn't pan out for what he was supposed to be um, in terms of like the third baseman and, you know, key offensive player, you know, because he was pretty good. Tell you what, dude, you that know, second that. season, man, he was good. I mean, he played 143 games at 155 hits, 35 mm. doubles, 18 and 77, the second most RBIs of his career. Yeah. Um, right there and hit 291, 363 on base. He was any bet in the fifth hole for the most of the part for the most part. Um, yeah. man, he was a really good player that second season. That was yeah. maybe his so it looks like that was his best season of his career. Was that yeah, 2004? Wow, mm-hmm. amazing. But that's a great name because you're right. I remember when we signed him, when the Phillies signed David Bell, I thought, 
wow, that's that's a good name to bring in here. Yeah, he had just been in the uh, he just been in the World Series Giants the year before, yeah, yeah. and he was a key part of them getting to the World Series. He was a pre- he was pretty good pretty good that year with them, and then it just came to Philly, and he was just like, I don't know how to hit the ball anymore. <laughs> like, I don't know how to like, do. Anything. You knew, you knew when he was coming up the bat, you were like, well, it's the end of that. You might as well put the pitcher in the hit. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Um, and it's crazy because he hit over like 330 in the playoffs with the with the Giants mm-hmm. uh, that year before. So, yeah, the Phillies were getting him at his most value, like his highest value. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's a good one, man. David Bell's a really good one. Um, all right. So my number five is A.J. Burnett. Um, oh, I forgot about him. <laughs> always forget we had him, man. <laughs> So I always we, forget about that because guy. Can I we change all my want five? to. Yes, you can change it. <laughs> I'm going to uh, change it to AJ Burnett. Oh my <laughs> God. I forgot about I always forget about that guy. So, similar <sighs> to the signing of another guy who might be on our list, the, the, um, the signing of AJ Burnett prior to the 14 season just like reeked of desperation. Despite finishing, you know, fourth in the NL East the prior season, the Phillies still seemed determined to buy their way back into being a relevant team they still they i mean they still yeah i mean they still they had halliday lee hamels and then they added burnett they felt they were that one starting pitcher away so they they signed burnett to the one year 15 million dollar deal with a limited no trade uh, which included both a mutual and player option for the 2015 season which was a huge commitment for the phillies at the time the team had progressively gotten worse in 13 and and 12 mm-hmm. um since 11 basically um you know they they still had one well, of the largest Chris, not, not to cut you off they've progressively gotten worse since the world series one i mean that's right since 08 they've each year yeah, they each finished, year they, they went they, back. They, would, they would yeah yeah you're right um so obviously burnett definitely did not tip any scales um just a few weeks into his phillies career he had a hernia <laughs> injury he just didn't get surgery um he proceeded to make 34 starts for the Phillies. He finished the year with a 4.6 ERA and led Major League Baseball in losses, earned runs, and walks. Truly a masterful bullshit season for $15 million. Eight eight and 18. (laughs) Yeah, it's tough. That's a tough tough record. He gave up 110 runs. To our our lovely listeners out there, it's not a shot at you guys, but just remember at Bryce Harper's press conference, he said he didn't want to wear 34 because he didn't want to. He he felt that Roy Holiday yeah. should have been the last guy to wear it. AJ Burnett disgraced yep. 34 <laughs> this season after we got rid of Roy Holiday. So <laughs> just want to let everybody know. And so did Andrew Knapp. So man, oh, so we bad. went from, we went from Cy Young winning Roy Holiday wearing 34 to 18 <laughs> losses in a season. AJ Burnett yeah. and and uh, Cliff Lee wore it before uh, in his first stint here. Oh, that's right. You're right. Yeah. Um, all right, Jay. That's a good one, Chris. Thank you. I always forget about that scumbag. He's my number five. (laughs) David Bell can bop that to six. (laughs) Um, go ahead, Jay. You're number four. So my number four, again, is not one of those really the big signings again, Mm -hmm. but he was a guy that throughout his career was such a good utility guy. Mm -hmm. A guy that the year year prior about a 290. So we, we signed So Taguchi in 2008 to be a masterful oh, utility base yeah. utility player, which, you know, with the way we're looking at this season, we've talked a lot about it. Like who's going to be a couple of our good bench guys. 
So, and, you know, it's very important to have great bench players because you do have, you know, late inning shifts, guys get hurt. It's good to have somebody that come in and play. And he was a dude that was masterful in that utility, utility role. He was so mm-hmm. good at it with the Cardinals the year before batted 290, 350 OBP, you know, 266, 288, 291. When, mm-hmm. when he came to Philly, do batted 220. Like he totally dropped off. I don't know what happened. It could have been age, whatever the case may be, because he did start later in, in the majors, but he was a guy that really on a World Series team didn't really didn't produce for us. He didn't really do much. So mm-hmm. he, he was a guy that that was brought in, especially with that team. You saw a lot, especially outfield. They they weren't sure of the outfield. They were going kind of going through center fielders. Um, they didn't really have it maxed out. So when you brought him in, you're like, this is a guy that can definitely probably give you 300 at bats, you know, give you, give you some good production, which he did not do. No. So another one of those guys who, who wasn't getting paid a lot, but came in with pretty high expectations for his role and just mm-hmm. did not meet them at all. Yeah. I, I agree with you, man. Um, Dean, you're number four. Um, Carlos Santana. Whoa. I didn't even think of that. I yeah, about him too. Um, forgot about Carlos. I'm, I'm actually making him my number four. So I think uh, I have to make that change. <laughs> I oh think, my um, god, I remember. I the, my main issue with the signing was the fact that we had Reese Hoskins, and I know I tear Reese to shreds on here, but we were entering Reese's first full season, and he was supposed to be the first baseman of the future. And we signed at the time. I think he was like 31, 32 years old. Yes. Carlos Santana and put old two by four legs out in left field <laughs> to and who can't run a lick to save yeah. his life. And it, mm-hmm. it hurt us a lot that year. And I think it played with Reese's confidence because he had an awful season after the all-star break that year. Mm-hmm. But I remember that was the year I went to, I think that was the year I went to 39 games. Jesus. And I just remember like every time Carlos Santana came up, now, he didn't strike out any more than he usually would. And no, like Mm-mm. statistically his, his, I remember looking at his stats when I was making the list. I, I know his stats are kind of in line with what he did in Cleveland, but that's because he had a really good last six weeks, six, six weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and cause this is the year that we were actually leading the division going into the all-star break. And he yes. did nothing to help us. He was doing <laughs> nothing at all. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the team fell off. And this guy decided I'm going to start hitting uh, like in the middle of August. And um but I just remember every time he would come up, he wouldn't strike out a lot, but it was always a fly out every mm-hmm. single time. It was just like, boom, straight to center field, thir- yep. third out of the inning, inning over, rally dead, everything. Mm-hmm. And um, just a terrible signing and unnecessary signing that that just did not need to be done. Did It was just it was worthless. I mean, I, I liked Carlos Santana as a ball player. I think he was mm-hmm. a, a fine ball player, but he was worth like it was just a worthless signing it was it just did yeah. not need to happen at all i mean he made he made 18 and a half million dollars that year mm-hmm. so i mean which is a lot of money at the time for yeah. for a guy that hits 220 so it's Gosh, he's yeah. such a today ball player when you look at him he really kind of is I mean, he's yeah. he's the mole he's a 20 30 home run guy give you two you know he's not he's he's kyle schwarber before kyle schwarber came around here's what really pissed me off about santana um, the following year when he got done collecting 18 and a half million from the Phillies. Yeah. You mean when he, he was, got traded to Seattle and then they immediately dealt him to Cleveland, right? He <laughs> made the all-star team yeah. and he actually had the best season of his career 
with the oh Cleveland Indians in 2019. He hit 35 homers, 94 RBS. He went from hitting 229 with the Phillies to 281 with what the Indians. And he almost he almost had a a 400 on base percentage. The 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 idiot actually had MVP votes in 2019 and a Silver Slugger a year yeah. after stealing every penny from the Phillies. <laughs> Reese in 2018. Went to, Reese hit 226 that year. Well, so he was basically just Santana younger. So it's yeah. like, but um, <laughs> but it just it just chaps my ass when I always look at Carlos Santana. I was like, man, I remember when he left the Phillies, and then yeah. when he went right back to Cleveland, he went to the All Star team. I was like, mm-hmm. you son of a bitch, man. Mm-hmm. Um, that's this a great season, one. I watched like half of his home runs this year. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. Um, yeah, isn't it? Oh, it's, I hate your guts. <laughs> um, <laughs> so my number four was going to be Aaron Harang. I'm changing. Oh it. God! I'm changing it to Carlos Santana because Carlos Santana. Oh. I see there are certain players that have been Phillies that I try to black out of my mind. <laughs> yeah, and Adam Santana, Harang is one of them. <laughs> Aaron Harang was one of them. Um, and Santana's also. But the fact that you just opened up that wound that has been <laughs> so Nestle taken care of and. <laughs> just deleted from me oh, that oh i can't i couldn't stand and what made it even worse is there's a there's a there's a clown host on wip named joe julio oh god um, a, total, a total a total hot tag clown Sark santana he used to say santana was the best player on the phillies by far and it wasn't even close and it's he's bit, just like because his on-base percentage was good like shut up yeah we I get it that. he he, his on-base percentage was good. It wasn't 400 like it was the next yeah. season. The yeah. dude walks a lot. He does nothing else. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. Uh, God, I, yeah, that made me hate Santana even more. Um, yeah. All right. So, uh, number three, Jay, who you got? So, my number three was actually A.J. Burnett. I don't know. I was looking through it. It's yeah, yeah, the, He was one of those dudes. 18 million. That's, that's tough. And you mm-hmm. bring him in, and he was a dude that we talked about this, you know, before we came on the air. He was a dude that whose stuff, he, mm-hmm. if he could have figured it out, this dude could have been a great pitcher. Yeah. Because I he agree. had electric stuff when he was on. I remember in the 09 World Series, he pitched what, game one or game two, and just we could not touch him. Mm-hmm. And he was on that World Series team with the Marlins, and, and yep. he was just, he had yep. his stuff when he was on was electric, but the problem was he'd give you one of those starts and then six terrible starts. Yeah. So I and, remember early in his career, he's, he was, he was very injury prone in, in the early parts of his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we got him at the end. Like he's coming off. He wasn't coming. Like it wasn't a bad two seasons in Pittsburgh, you know, the two years before 16 and 10 with a three, five, 10 and 11 with a three, three. So it's like, okay, maybe you bring this guy in. You know, we, I think a lot of the core was still there, but they were old and aging at that point. Oh yeah. Let's see if we can, can we bring in one more? Can we, you know, let's hopefully let's, can we get lightning in a bottle? And he didn't, he was lightning in a bottle. All right. With those 18 losses. So yeah, it was tough. He, (laughs) I think he's going to be in everybody's top 10, just what he did. Um, But yeah, he was a dude I think really could have been, he could have been special if, if he actually figured it out, but he just he just never did. But he turned it into a what a 12, 17 year career. So mm-hmm. good for him. Yeah. He got a lot of for money sure. doing being being an okay pitcher. <laughs> um, Dean, you're number three. John Lieber. 
<laughs> How do I not remember some of these dudes, man? Oh my god! I'm telling you, Chris. I remember all this bullshit that we did in the early 2000s. <laughs> oh, it was always something like, "Oh, John Lieber was great like five years ago. Let's sign him." Mm-hmm. And you know, because he had won 20 games. Got stats right here. He was on the 2001 Cubs. Mm-hmm. He was fourth in the Cy Young. He won 20 games in 2001. So what did we do? We signed him in 2005. Mm-hmm. Now he did go 17 and 13. But he had a 4.2 ERA. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that team wasn't very good. But I remember for a while, he was bad that season. Yeah. He had a whip like, one, two. Yeah, he, like, he locked it in, I think, towards like the end. Or he either started hot or he ended hot. I can't remember. But there was a period of time where it was like he was like just a pitching machine mm-hmm. that was just teeing up runs left and right yep. for a while. I remember. I think he started hot. I think he started like seven and one. And then just like wow. fell apart for the rest. I of the remember East. now. I remember yeah. vividly what you're talking about. He yep. also had the greatest throw to first base ever. <laughs> if you guys remember that, when yeah, he picked I do. Up the ball and he yep. spiked it right in front of him. <laughs> what like a way! Spiking and then, all the they, money in, 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 in typical like Dave Montgomery, Phillies owner fashion. They were Ed Wade. They were like, this guy is the ace of the staff. It's just mm-hmm. like okay, I would trust Brandon Duckworth and Randy Wolf over this guy any day of the week. Mm-hmm. He made the most money of his career in Philadelphia. Yeah, of course. Like a lot. <laughs> of, course. of course, because he, he, he sold them a bill of goods and didn't yeah. deliver. <laughs> so let's see. He made plus uh, then. All right. Yeah, this is hilarious. So he made uh, just over $22 million in three years with the Phillies to to wow. do what he did. That was the most money. Yeah, he made in his career from a year to year basis. He had um, almost a five year the following year. John Lieber. Unbelievable. John Um, Lieber. My number three is Jonathan Papelbon. Come on now. I say Papelbon because the contract was massive Mm. and he hated every second of being in Philadelphia. Um, (laughs) He he is the career saves leader. Um, He is? I think he is, isn't he? He is. I think he's one now. He is number one. I think he's I thought, the, I thought the great one, Hector Neres, passed him. Oh, I don't think no. so. No, he was he was never terrible in Philly. He made two All Star no. games. He had is it? It can't be Neres, is it? I don't know. No, I, I, think I, I felt it's like we were stuck with. I felt like I we thought, were stuck with Neres for a decade. <laughs> I thought I thought Papelbon passed Mesa. I thought Mesa. Was that's from, and that's I remember. Disgu- and that's disgusting because yeah. Jose Mesa was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, he had the best glove. Um, oh yeah. The Phillies were a combined 63 games back during his three full seasons um, at Citizens Bank Park. Why, you know, why was such a terrible team back then paying for this dude? And he was a terrible teammate and he hated being in Philadelphia. He had so, a great walkout song. He did. I definitely was I agree. I don't remember uh, what it was. It's a Meek Mill song, wasn't it? Oh, no. Thanks. I forget the name of the song now, but it was a great Meek walkout. Meek Mill was probably like it was the, uh, 17 the... then. It was the Ric Flair, the Ric Flair beginning with Ric Flair. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. right. Okay. I remember now. Um, You're right. And I know for a while he did shipping up to Boston when he was in Boston, too. Um, You know, because that song wasn't ever played ever. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I I just I think Jonathan Papelbon is one of the biggest jerk offs in baseball history. I think you're right. He is the all time save leader. I think. Yeah, I thought so. I just think he's a scumbag human. I think he's a scum. He was a scumbag teammate. Um, I just, I, I couldn't stand Jonathan Papelbon. I know that's Jason Kent's like top three I'm favorite athletes fan. of all time. Um, 
he could he could beat a row of women and Jason would be like, yeah, they, they probably deserved it. <laughs> He'd be like, oh, what a sinker. What a sinker. <laughs> they probably played the wrong song. Um, what a maneuver. <laughs> he um, was a good pitcher, though. But yeah, he was he was a clown. He was a great pitcher. He was a great closer. He was great in Boston. He was he was liked. really good for us for the for the first two seasons. He was really good for us. For the, that's I thought about it. And, and I your point. He was. He was him good being a, all three years he was here. Wasn't mm-hmm. his ERA of like over four no, last year here? He never had a he had a two in his first year with us. He went to he had a 2.4. His thir- second year with us, he had a 2.9. His third year, he had a 2.0. And oh, then okay. he was traded to Washington when he had a 1.5 year ERA and 17. Oh, so I digress. So yeah, I like to yeah. me, I, I, if you're going to put him on there because he's a, a J.O., I get it. Mm-hmm. He was just he was really good. And I like I put him on there for being a J.O., but I also put him on there for the fact that the Phillies paid him 50 million dollars. Yeah. Or six. I think it was like 60 million dollars. And I'm just like, I, and that was in the that was in the the, the downturn era of the team. The yeah, team they were tough just, at that point. They were, just getting, close they were getting. Yeah, they, yeah, that was the last. The last thing they should have been worrying about was getting Jonathan Papelbon to close games when they had no pit starting pitching. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody who had won him a World Series who was still on that team couldn't play anymore. Yeah. Four years, $50 million on a team that was never going to go anywhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was basically that's that was my number. Uh, he's my number two. Uh, I'm sorry, my number three. Um, all right. Your number two, uh, Jay. Michael Saunders. See, this- I had him as my honorable mention. I have him when I look at the contract they get it is an eight million. They had him mm-hmm. for buyout, eleven million dollar option for the like yeah, it was crazy. And then he came in when I was reading about it, like the season before, I think he was an all-star. Mm-hmm. He had a great first half of the season. And then the second half, the dude bad 170. And the Phillies are like, let's yeah, go get back. Guy. Team. Like, yeah. We we traded him after 60 games. Like, <laughs> here's the crazy yeah. part. I barely even remember him being here that year. Me yeah. too. They it's, had to pay him eight million, $8 million. They had to pay him in 2017. You know, yes. what's even, even better is when I went to, so that's when they started doing like the monthly passes for the games. Mm-hmm. So my buddies and I, we bought the September pass. We went to every home game, we, every single game that was in that pass we went to. And um, so they still had like a Michael Saunders, like, picture the poster in, hanging in, on the banner in, in, in the in, in the concourse you walk around but you couldn't take this off you traded this dude like three months ago like it was still just chilling there from spring training yeah it's a tough it's a tough signing he, he didn't really did nothing for us no you yeah. know and it's he you know he got paid a lot of but decent a good amount of money for for what he you know what you're doing he came off a but like to me a dude that bats 170 in the second half of the season you got to know like well, that's maybe this guy isn't what he was this season because he yeah. he had it the perfect time. Like his best season was was 2016, mm-hmm. and the Phillies are like, that's why I hate signing guys on the contract. Phillies are years. like, you know what? Uh-huh. He made 2.9 million with the Blue Jays. You know what? We're gonna give him eight. Yeah, <laughs> Bringing Howie Kendrick while you're at him. And what's even better, we traded him back to the Blue Jays, and he was even worse. That <laughs> even was. worse. He was even worse. We traded him back. It got even worse. It's just it's unbelievable. Um. All right, so uh, Dean, you're number two. David Robertson. The first time around. Oh my yeah. god, about it. Yeah. I didn't think of that. He... The dude, the dude, they signed a big contract. He was supposed to be the closer. He pitched oh, like five god. games, and you never saw the dude again because he had a he tore his what he had to get Tommy John, didn't he? Something like that. Tough. He, he pitched, and that was yeah. it. 
That's why I hated him again. I hated that trade this season because (laughs) of that. I remember they saw they he was I thought he just didn't want to play. I thought that's what it was. Where they were throwing money at these closers. Yeah, and he, he had a pretty he was a very good pitcher before that and even a good pitcher after he that pitched seven. Hurt. He pitched seven, seven games, games had a 5.4 ERA and he gave up four earned runs, walked six batters in seven games. And that yes. was the, that was the end of his career. He's right? made, 20, career, he's made but... twenty three million dollars from the Phillies. <laughs> that's why that's why i was so mad i hated that trade this 20, year because of that. 23 million dollars in 29 i'm games. gonna go set a house on fire after just seeing this it's just he was, ridiculous he, he wasn't bad for us this year but uh no. i will know he wasn't actually i will know because you know that was the year i think um i think it was 2019 i think kimbrell was on the market that year mm. and they decided they were going to sign david robinson to be the closer <laughs> It's just and funny now, when you hear these things. And now and now Craig Kimball's on the Phillies. <laughs> Craig Kimball could have been the closer for the last five years. <laughs> we decided to screw around with Hector Neris and Drew Smiley and <laughs> David Robertson seven games in 2019 and all that. You know, it's so Adam, good. Adam Morgan unable to oh. <laughs> Boy, the Phillies are really good at just trash play. Whoever man. whoever was in the bullpen in 2020 that J- mm. JT was disgusted every time they came to the mound. And this they try to sign, and it's it's because even some of the pitchers like a Robertson who was really good before we signed him. Yeah, he, was, he was. He was. They either get injured or they just suck with us, and then they leave and mm-hmm. become really good again. It's insane. They really yeah, remember when the last remember days. when the Phillies signed Tom Gordon, like the best setup guy in baseball yep. for ten years. Flash Gordon, and they, baby. They were like, "Hey, let's make him a, a closer," and he was like, "Terrible." I don't think he was awful, but I don't think he was very good either. I just remember his shirt being like half unbuttoned every time he went to pitch. Mm. <laughs> and and you and we all wonder why. Why over the last hundred years the Phillies have like the worst winning percentage in Major League <laughs> Baseball? Yeah. Um, just awful. All right. So the final two. Oh my God. Ooh. These are good ones. My number two is Adam Ooh. Eaton. Oh my God. Um, All so exciting. <laughs> I, I, my God. You know, he, Adam Eaton was added to the starting rotation when they had Cole Hamels, Jamie Moyer, Kyle Kendrick, and eventually Kyle Loesch. Another good one. Kyle Loesch was Kyle a good Loesch. one. I forgot. Um, Wasn't he signed in? Didn't he sign in 08? Didn't we have Joe Blanton too? No, so this oh, is... they traded they traded for Bland. We yes. traded for heavy B. So the, the Phillies were ramping up to be those contenders where they, they mm. just missed the playoffs in 06. They went mm. to the playoffs in 07. So they're like, you know what? We need Adam Eaton. Um, and like, you know, <laughs> why why was he added and paid eight million dollars a season? And you know, I mean, your guess will forever be as good as mine, but you know, in seven seasons before he joined the Phillies. He went 54 and 45 with a 4-4 ERA, 1.36 whip. Not bad. Not awful. Okay. Yeah. Not, you know, in Philadelphia, Eaton went 14 and 18 with a 6-10 ERA. He allowed more home runs and more walks than he did his entire time with the Padres and the Rangers prior to joining the Phillies. I am he signed a three-year, $24 million contract with the Phillies. He again allowed 45 home runs and 49 starts. He 
was a piece of trash. And the fact, <laughs> and I can't even believe that he got a World Series ring from 08. Um, yeah, it's which disgusting. Is, it's it's a disgrace. Um, I think I'm willing to bet if somebody compiled a list of the top 25 worst free agent signings in all of Philadelphia sports in the last 25 years, I am willing to bet Adam Eaton is at least top 10, at least. Uh, he has to be. I mean, the other piece of shit that I'm about to mention should be number one. <laughs> He's we'll, got to be number one. <laughs> I mean, in my eyes, and we'll get to that because holy shit, he should have been arrested. Um. Uh, all right. So that's my number two. Uh, Jay, who is? Wait, oh, you well, let's do, we can do, we'll do, no. I'll do honor, mine, my honorable mention. I had kind of two, I had Robertson because okay. he was yep. terrible. Like I, I wanted to work him in there, but it was, it's tough. And then uh, Kevin Millwood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Millwood if we did, and if we did a top 10 honorable mentions. Millwood would have been in my top 10 if we did a, a top 10. So do we mm-hmm. even like, can we just, oh, because I'm sure every, like we don't have to go one by one because we can yeah. just talk about we'll just how talk bad about this it. number one is. I just, can we I just want, talk about how this I, dude stole 75 million? Yeah, I can't wait to gangbang this dude. <laughs> Like, yeah, this it's he was so t- like he wasn't a great pit. He had a he had two pretty okay seasons. His Cy Young year, which was phenomenal, which when you look at it, it's like, how did he do that? Was he on steroids? Did yeah, I wish he would have taken them in Philly? Did an angel in the outfield assist him that year? <laughs> well, he he had two, he had one all-time season and then yeah, he followed step- it up with he followed it up with a great season mm-hmm. and then 14 and just- 15 were better were the his two best and then 15 mm-hmm. wasn't better hit the year no, after 16 16 was-, was eight he was 18 and 8 and 16 that's a that's a great season with a mm-hmm. i mean his with a 3.1 era that's okay. A, that's a great season for a team who won the, the World Series. Dude, if he went, if that year. was an Aaron Nola stat, Jason would be on here being like, "Give him Verlander yeah. money." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but if you guys haven't noticed who we're talking about, it's Jake Arrieta. <laughs> oh, that oh, God, his name is Just, like piercing in my brain. It was. I so, cannot like, stand that prick. He is. Me- the worst. His first year wasn't terrible. Like, no, it was guess, bad. Three, Shut up, Jeff. But it's like when you're paying, <laughs> I share you oxygen dude, with Jake Arietta. Yeah, we paid this dude twenty five million a year to come in, and now like if he gets and then gave him million, a player option for that third year, you knew he was going to pick that option up, <laughs> right? Because he was terrible. He like if I he's was worth at a game that he threw. I, oh, I think he was either like through like seven innings of a no hitter or a perfect game. And he came out in the eighth inning and gave up like three runs. I was like, you're the only piece of garbage that would take perfection into the eighth inning and just be like, you know what? I'm just going to take a dump on the tarmac on, on the, the <laughs> on the uh, on the the, the pitcher's mound. Mm-hmm. And then he wasn't he like a terrible. He was a terrible teammate. Like he he, tried, yeah, he showed up. Human being. He showed up his teammates a lot. Like all the like time. An he would show. And he's like, an idiot. Just like, listen to him when he talks baseball, like on uh, um, starting nine. He is yeah, awful. He is an idiot. I have no problems insulting this guy. I wish I could do it to his face. Honestly, me too. I would love it because I, I booed um, him plenty for those three seasons. Hard. He's just three years, seventy-five million dollar contract. Um, at, he, you know, he made thirty million dollars in eighteen, and then he made uh twenty-five in in uh nineteen, and of course the Phillies give him a player's option. And of course he picked that up because after what, after he went like, what did he go that year before after going eight and eight, eight and eight, he's like, yeah, I'll make sure I pick up an extra $20 million. Go four and four nothing. and get hurt. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. he's oh my god, he is the worst free agent signing I think in the history of the Phillies. It, 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 absolute disgraceful human. And I thought I, I couldn't uh, believe seventy five million dollars like wasted. Wasted. I thought Dean's number one was going to be Aaron Nola when they sign him in the free agency next year. <laughs> Aaron Nola is already a way better pitcher than Jake Arrieta yeah, well, overall. Well, Jake Arrieta does have a Cy Young and the Super. Super Bowl. He does have a Super Bowl, and he he had a one seven seven ERA. Like I'll give him, but he was terrible at Philly. Like I hate him again. Jake Arrieta was this generation's John Lieber. We got him like four years too late, and gave gave him the money of what he did four years prior, and then he came here and did absolutely dick. My God, he had like a whip of over one four and one five in Philadelphia. Like he was basically out there and be like, "Hey, I'm gonna throw you this ball, so just swing." I'm glad. <laughs> have, have a great time. I'm glad. I will make cr- sure you make an all-star team. I'm glad his career ended in his final season with zero wins and an ERA of 11. Of 11. I'm so happy. I'm so happy that that piece of human garbage. Yeah. That thief. <laughs> and, then his I, career and then he like goes that. back to the, to the Cubs after the after um, Philly and everyone's like, oh, he's coming back home. Yeah. Take that, take that five and fourteen, and 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 take that eight ERA <laughs> with him too. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you loved having that piece of trash home. God, scumbag, such a jabroni. Um, a scumbag. That's a good way to describe him. Yeah. Jabroni. He just really is. I and like he never cared. Like he never admitted. Like oh, I I didn't do well. I didn't do good. Like it was you, never him. You earn. You didn't earn a single dollar of that seventy five million in, in Philadelphia. Nope. It was just. It's a disgust. It's just disgusting. God, yeah. the 2018 free agent class for the Phillies has got to be one of the worst they've ever had. Yeah. Arietta's like, kids are eating stolen money. <laughs> like they Imagine, see their dad stole money. Matt Clintech sat there and was like, yeah, you know what this team needs? Jake Arietta and Carlos Santana. <laughs> That's what we need. Let's sign them. That was like $50 million for a year. They spent on two, two dudes. That was and that was in a time period where this team was con- like for the first half, a lot of those seasons, 18, yeah. minutes, like they were contending. So yeah, it was like when you look at it, you're like, OK, maybe this we got a he's a solid pitcher. Maybe yeah. he's going to come here and help us get over this hump. And <laughs> he did not help nope. us do anything. In 2018, Jake Arrieta made more than the entire payroll right now of the Oakland Athletics. So. That's disgusting. Yeah, just know that Jake Arrieta made almost more money than like two major league baseball teams' salaries right now. Um, hilarious, but so yeah, there's our universal number one. Man, I'm not even sure anyone that I know of is going to top that for a while. I, I wonder mean, who's more hated in Philly, Ben Simmons or Jake Arrieta? Probably Ben. It's gotta be Ben, right? I mean, because Ben showed that he was he could be something, and then he was just like, Nah, I'm out. <laughs> and then, yeah, and, that's then true. and then Jake's just like, oh, sure, I'll get paid. I'm just not going to throw good. <laughs> so we'll, we'll just go from He's there. Like, you want to pay me what for this arm? All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Like, I don't blame Jake Arrieta for taking the ridiculous amount of money that the Phillies of course, offered him. Of course. But I blame him for being an, a terrible human being and the worst pitcher that we've the worst starting pitcher that we've had outside of maybe Vince Velasquez in the last 10 years. Oh my God. Vince Velasquez. Oh my God. He's, <laughs> he is, for Chris. he, I could have a whole show on Vince. 
I could not. <laughs> he literally lasted like five years off of one start. He was supposed to. And there was so like let's move one to start. He could be a closer. He oh, wait. He, he had a solid start. Let's, me maybe hot dogs. That's what he can do. <laughs> there were so many like everybody was waiting for him to break out every season. He could come to my house and wash my car and somebody will somehow hit a home run off of him. <laughs> I, Vince, Vince Velasquez and Mikel Franco are one, two of my hated Phillies ever. And I really thought Franco was going to be so much more than he was. I really thought so. It's a shame that he didn't. The moment I, I saw him swing so hard that his helmet flew off and three feet to the, <laughs> to the right of him, I was like, this dude is like poor man's Manny Ramirez. Yeah, I feel like over the last 10 years, I think the two most disappointing players for me are honestly um, have to be Mike Alfranco and Odubel Herrera. Because for a while, man, Odubel had the ability to be a great baseball player, but didn't mentally make, didn't, didn't he be an all-star his first year? Uh he might he may have. I'll have to go back and look at that. I just second I, year. I, second year. Yeah. He yeah, just made too many bonehead plays. Like he was such a, a terrible base runner. He just terrible, wasn't smart. Uh, yeah, he wasn't a good ball. Like he wasn't a like Victorino had his faults, but Victorino made up for it. Victorino was a gold glove. Like he made some dumb, but Victorino made up for everything. Odubel kind of, you thought he could be that type of player and he just never, never. And then his incident hey, kind of in, ruined his in career. Odubel's first three years, he hit 297, 286, and 281. Yeah, he had the, so, everybody thought he was I mean, going to be something. Yeah. And you could steal yeah. bases. Like he could, yeah. he could do a lot of things, but. Boy, he, and he just, just made fall off a cliff, awful. beat his he girlfriend, really and then yep. disappeared. Yeah, it was just it's tough. Um, all right. So thank you guys very much for joining us. So if you want to follow us on the socials, we're at ring the bell eight five six on Twitter, um, RTB baseball um, on Instagram. Head over That's there. Right. Give us a follow. Um, if you guys can go on anywhere you listen to podcasts, especially on Apple, smash that subscribe button. Follow us, give us a star rating. It'll help help us out massively. Um, so yeah, we're in the end of February. The next time we talk to you guys, it'll already be March. So um, we are getting to opening day very, very quickly. Um, and look, we we are just super excited to talk um, actual regular season baseball, and we're getting so much closer. Um, before we get out of here, uh, it was said, uh, I think it was yesterday that. Um, uh, Bryce Harper is healing quicker than expected. Hmm. Like I've said to you guys so many times before, he will be back in June. The dude just is a super, super healer. Um, and he'll be ready to roll in June. I'm telling you right now. Um, so keep following that situation. Thank you guys for listening to all the past episodes, uh, especially last week when we gave you guys our top five storylines heading into this season. Uh, I think we're going to be seeing Andrew Painter very soon. Uh, so looking forward to, to seeing what that what happens with that over the next couple of weeks. Um, again, Dean, Jason, thanks, guys, for hopping on. Um, excited to talk to you guys next week. Um, coming up this week also for my sister shows, uh, the Hot Tag Returns. We will be covering and reviewing WrestleMania 19, which is my favorite WrestleMania of all time, which I think is the greatest WrestleMania of all time. And then on Wednesday... I'll be recording the Gold Rush Niners podcast with uh, uh, one of the best uh, and most popular uh, 49er podcasters on YouTube uh, out there, 
uh, Wayne Breezy. Looking forward to talking to him for a little bit uh, about the 49ers offseason. So, yeah, a lot of things going on over here. Jason's podcast will be starting very, very soon. Um, Looking forward to to that as well. Uh, So, so much coming up. So stick with us. Uh, I'm Chris C. Francesco, and we will catch you guys down the road. Have a great rest of your week, and as always, go Phils.